This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Welcome one and all to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. So much to get into. And of course, the big deal, the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils make a trade. And this is so typical Lou, right? He needs a replacement for Anders Lee, so he goes out and he gets Paul Murray, which we talked about before on this podcast, is the perfect fit. He was uh, traded for by Lou Lamarillo. He kind of fits into what they do. Now, is he a big-time scorer? No, but he's got a nose for the net, knows how to play some playoff hockey, and I think it's perfect that he goes in to this situation. And Zajac, don't sleep on that. Now, the Devils were desperate to get that first-round pick, right? Because I think they've got something brewing themselves. I'm not sure if it's going to be at this deadline or during the offseason, but they wanted to get the first-round pick. And Travis Ajax's been here since 06-07, drafted by Lou Lamorello. Uh, he had a great playoff run in 2012 when the Devils went to the Stanley Cup Final at 14.7 goals. And don't sleep on that either. I know it was nine years ago, but there's not a ton of championship or postseason experience on this Islanders roster, like going deep into the final, into the conference final. And obviously the Islanders went there last year. But to add somebody that played for a cup, played in a Stanley Cup final, I think that's just a perfect fit. He'll win your faceoffs, won 50% of the faceoffs last night. And I think that's a nice acquisition for the Islanders. Good for the Devils to be able to get that first round pick. And we'll see how aggressive the Devils will be. Will they try to package something for Eichel during the offseason? I do think they wanted to get that first round pick. And, you know, they gave up a lifer in Travis Ajak. And I get what Tom Fitzgerald said, the general manager of the Devils. He's rooting for the Islanders to win the Cup. Islanders and Devils aren't any kind of rival. They play in the same division. But how good would it feel for a Devil fan to see Paul Mary and Zajac compete for a Stanley Cup? Uh, plus, you get a little extra if the Islanders make it to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, you'll lose in that first-round pick. It becomes a 32nd overall pick of the Islanders' win, but you get a little something extra if they make it to the Stanley Cup final. So I understand what Tom Fitzgerald's saying. And uh, Islanders with a big win last night in the shootout over the Flyers. Now sole possession of first place in the division. I've been saying it all along. That's my team to come out of the East. I think the Islanders are going back to the Final Four. Now, the question is, will they be able to score the big goal? You don't want to come up a goal short, right? And even though they're shut down defensively, Varlamov has been spectacular between the pipes. And, of course, um, Sorokin's going to get his time. And he was great last night, making 25 saves and, and, and getting the shootout win. The Islanders, are they going to be able to get that key goal? Right, we saw it in the conference final last year against Tampa where they came up short not being able to get that goal with the skilled positions that Tampa has, with the offense that Carolina can score now, with, uh, with Nietzsche being very good for them, with uh, Niederreiter being good, with Ajo being good. You know, is that a team? You know Toronto's going to be able to score goals. So those are the teams you got to start thinking about when you get to the conference final and eventually get to the Stanley Cup final. And then when you get there, you look the firepower that Colorado has. You know Vegas can score their share of goals. So that that's the question around the Islanders. They will be able to shut you down, get the goaltending, play any kind of way you want to play. But when they need the goal, who's the guy? Because there's Barzell and then who else? Is it Eberle? You know, is Paul Mary now that guy that's going to get that goal? Um, who's going to emerge as the guy that is going to be the catalyst for the offense. I know the games are low scoring in the postseason. You just don't want to be short a goal. That's my only concern with the Islanders right now. Rangers had a tough one last night. Lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins after beating them 8-4 to on Tuesday. They lose 5-2 last night. A couple of things at play here with the Rangers, all right? 
You knew Pittsburgh was going to make the adjustment. They had given up seven goals on Saturday to Boston, give up eight goals to the Rangers on Tuesday. You knew they were going to tighten things up. And here's my concern for the Rangers. When everything's flowing, they really play like 87 Oilers hockey, right? They're throwing the puck all over the place and really gorgeous passes, give and goes, two-on-ones, all that. But when it's not there, are they able to construct the offense that they need. And like last night, it wasn't there. They weren't getting any pucks to the nets. And Pittsburgh had it kind of figured out, we're not going to allow these cross-ice passes. And and Pittsburgh did a great job cutting those short. And the Rangers only had 25 shots on goal and not a lot of tremendous quality in their offensive opportunities. You don't want these teams figuring it out. And when you play these teams so many times, that was the eighth and final meeting last year uh, for this year. And they played on Tuesday. And you knew Pittsburgh was going to make the adjustments. And the Rangers really didn't have an answer. And now they got back-to-back games against the Islanders. How much did getting the vaccination after the win against Pittsburgh affect them? They didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, you hear a lot of stuff about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine really knocking you out the next day where they nodded 100 percent i'm not going to suggest that that's a problem you, you get a chance to get vaccinated you get vaccinated i mean this is life we're talking about here you want to make sure that you're okay and if it means maybe losing a game or not being 100 percent for a game i mean to me, to me that's a small price to pay for getting yourself vaccinated but they just didn't look right last night and they lose to a pittsburgh team that's really on the come now really putting things together. Um, yeah, the goaltending's been a little shaky over the last couple of games up until last night. Jari got pulled after the first period on Tuesday, but I thought he looked pretty good in the opportunities that he did face last night because that's the thing with Pittsburgh, right? You know they can score. You know they can defend uh, for the most part, but can they get the goaltending that's going to be important in the playoffs? That's going to be the question because when they got hot over the last month, Smith and Jari, Pittsburgh was one of the best teams in the NHL. Will that continue when you get to the playoffs? That's going to be a serious question against the Washingtons of the world and the Islanders of the world. That would be my concern for Pittsburgh being able to get out of the Eastern Division in the playoffs. Will the goaltending be able to hold up? Adam Fox did get a point on the Rooney goal. Now points in 12 consecutive games. He is now tied with Victor Hedman. 37 points by a defenseman, which is tops in the NHL. And he's a better plus player. Going into last night, Hedman was a plus nine. Adam uh, Fox was a plus 13. I mean, there's a legitimate conversation to be had about him winning the Norris Trophy. He's not on as good a team as Hedman. He's not on as good a team as Ekblad. I I really think he's got a chance at this. And I'm not going to sit there and tag him with Brian Leach because Brian Leach is a forever Ranger. Brian Leach is one of the greatest American-born players ever, Hall of Famer, all that. And their games are a little bit different, but th- this is really the first time since Leach that the Rangers have had a, a scoring, imaginative, tremendous vision defenseman. And that's what they have right now in Adam Fox. He has just been absolutely terrific. Uh, Boston now gets the separation from the Phillies, from the Flyers, and. Uh, the Rangers now six points ahead of Philadelphia, seven points ahead of the Rangers. I just don't think either of those teams are going to be able to put it together. Boston had a nice win over the Washington Capitals. Ovechkin did get goal number 726, so he's closing in on Marcel Dion now, just five away from him for f- fifth all-time in goal scoring. But Boston did it unconventional, right? As uh, Bleed got his first National Hockey League goal, Lozon got his first goal of the year. Yeah, Bergeron uh, and Marchand contributed, but that was a nice win for the Boston Bruins. Carolina's starting to look legit, people. 
They're starting to look legit. As I mentioned before, they're getting tremendous goaltending. No matter who they seem to put between the pipes, it gets done. They're also very good defensively. Florida only had 24 shots last night. Ajo gets another goal. Trocheck now at 16. Uh, Nate Cash, as I said, has got 10. A lot of them come over the last couple of weeks. This Carolina team is very, very dangerous. Uh, Lightning put up a touchdown against the uh, Blue Jackets, so they're looking great. Stamkos, uh, another goal is 17th of the season. So, And McDonough gets a couple of tallies as well for Tampa. How about the Oilers? Very conservative over the last couple of games. 4-2 and 3-1 wins over the Ottawa Senators. Didn't need uh, uh, the the dry sidles and the McDavid's last night as it's pool the RV it's it's um, sure. Uh, getting it done last night uh, for the Edmonton Oilers in their 3-1 win. They've been hot. Seven wins over the last 10. How about the touchdown the Predators put up on the Detroit Red Wings? Arvidsson gets his third career hat trick. He starts to warm up. Very dangerous team, Nashville. We're going to do the top five coming up. Do I consider Nashville to be a top five team this week? Why not? They've won nine of their last ten. They are now in the playoffs, and now you're starting to see a little separation with Chicago. Nashville's gotten it together. Soros has been good uh, between the pipes. I really like what Nashville's doing right now. I'm not sure they're a team that can make a run, but good on them getting into the playoffs again. Couple that with the Blackhawks' loss at home to the Dallas Stars, and you're starting to see now things changing just a bit now for Chicago. They really had a tremendous first half of the season, but Nashville is certainly looking like the better team. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. All right, we get into this all the time. I didn't get one last week because Marco was sick, if you remember, so we didn't have a Top 5 last week. So, you know, do I be a slave to who the top five teams in the NHL are? Do I really buy into what's been happening over the last week or so? So let's see. Number five. I'm going to put the Nashville Predators in the top five. I know they're way down in the standings, but nine and one in their last ten, and they've really put together a nice run here. I mean, there was not that long ago we were talking about Hines losing his job and them blowing it up with Nashville, and now they're going to keep it together, and they're right there. They are in the playoffs right now if the season were to end today, and they've got a little bit of a cushion now over Chicago as they've got a four-point lead with the same amount of games played. They've got more row wins. You're starting to see the plus uh, minus the differential and goals creeping up at minus seven. That was really down in the dumps for a while. Now, they're not catching any of the top three teams in the Central, but they're solidifying a playoff spot. And you know what? They played well. And like I said, when you go out there and you win nine to ten, you win three in a row, I'm going to put you in the top five for sure. Number four. And Edmonton, they're getting the goaltending. We've talked about that many times before. That's the Achilles heel for Edmonton. But I'm going to squeeze them in the top five, and why not? The team is 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. They've won a couple of games in a row. You know, the dry sidle and McDavid stuff is just unbelievable. I mean, you can make the case, and I know I'll get a lot of pushback from my basketball brethren and um, certainly football with uh, how popular that is. Forget about the popularity. How many players are this good in their sport. I mean, Connor McDavid is right there. I mean, this is a guy that's going it, to... It's In an 82-game schedule, this is a guy that's going to score 140 points. And he can score goals. He can assist. He's not on a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but him and Dreisaitl have been amazing. So I know you're going to look at Harden and KD in the NBA. You're going to look at you know the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, and you're going to look at the Tatis Juniors and the Aaron Judges of the world in Major League Baseball, and certainly Mike Trout. Uh, but, you know, I see a lot of um, things in common with Mike Trout 
and with Connor McDavid. I mean, both of them are not on great teams, don't make the playoffs a ton, but are clearly the best players in their sport. I think McDavid is right up there with how good I felt about Sidney Crosby when he first came into the league, or Alexander Ovechkin, probably more of a complete player than Ovechkin. I think he's right up there, if not better than Crosby. Crosby had a chance to play with some really good players. Lemieux early in his career, he's been able to play in the majority, if not all of his career, with Evgeny Malkin. I know Drysaddle and McDavid are kind of joined at the hip, but can you put Edmonton in the same category as those Pittsburgh teams that were winning cups with Sidney Crosby, what they had around him? Um, so I think Connor McDavid is certainly right up there, and Edmonton is flowing right now. I'd love to be able to see them make a run. Number three. You know, the Islanders slowed down just a little bit, but now they're picking it back up. Four straight wins, won seven of their last ten. And something that's been very underrated about the Islanders, and this is going to help if they win this division, they're just money at home. 17-1-2. Only one regulation loss at home. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. When you compare it to other teams that have been very good at home, I mean, who has been as good as them? You look at Tampa. They've been outstanding at home so far this year. But uh, even Tampa has um, still four regulation losses at home. Carolina's got two regulation losses at home. Haven't played as many games, though, uh, as the Islanders. And the Islanders will have back-to-back games against the Rangers. Now, the Rangers have done well at the Coliseum. They've won four in a row and seven of the last eight. But it's going to be tough for the Rangers over the next couple, the way the Islanders are playing right now. I've got them at number three. And this deal is going to make them even better. Number two. Well... Matthews is starting to warm up a little bit, and the the Campbell stuff is just incredible. I I don't think he's going to play enough games to get consideration for the Vesna, but just how amazing has he been for this Toronto team that now very quietly the Toronto Maple Leafs are starting to creep back up after a little bit of an average go. 8-1-1 in their last 10. They have won five in a row. The Toronto Maple Leafs back in the upper echelon of the top five. Number one. You know, you got the goaltending the Carolinas getting right now. They're in first place in a, in a in a pretty good division. When you're going up against Tampa, you're going up against Florida. They are right now seven two and one in their last ten. They've won three in a row, playing very well against divisional opponents. Uh, they're four and one in the shootout. They've got a plus thirty four goal differential, which is just three behind Tampa. So let's give uh, Carolina some love and let's put them in the the top five. At Don LeGreca, hashtag game misconduct is always the way to get in touch with me. So let's see what you guys have to say. Sam Diaz says, hey, Don, with Mika, Strom, Heedle, and Rooney at center, why is there a need for Howden to be in the lineup? He's averaging 12 minutes of pretty much nothing per game. Why not bring up guys like Morgan Barron or Ty Ronning from Hartford to see what they can do? I mean, how many more prospects do you want to bring up at one time? And we already got Kraftsoff playing on the fourth line. Hey, listen, Rooney hadn't played since March 20th because of COVID. I think they wanted to get him into the lineup. Heedle can play wing. Seems a little bit sometimes more comfortable at wing. I'm not going to kill him, but throwing Howden in for a little bit. Calvin says, hey, Don, with the Sharks sucking, who of any three realistic players could and should be traded? Outstanding um, Eric Carlson, 65, and pretty much impossible to move. Yeah, these guys are going to be really difficult to move. Any other um, Any ideas you have to help this team perform better apart from having uh, yourself and uh, as the lead call guy. Well, that's nice of you to say. Listen, this is a work in progress, right, with the San Jose Sharks team. They actually had gotten hot and looked like maybe they were going to be able to make a run here 
But yeah, Carlson's that's an immovable contract. You've got some young kids getting a chance to play, but I I don't I really don't know who can possibly be moved. I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to touch LeBanc. I wouldn't think. Um, uh, I, I they've already shredded a, a lot of salary over the last couple of years, getting rid of some key players. I really don't know what the Sharks do. They right now stand five points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand on Arizona. I'm not comfortable saying that they should be buyers. I'm not comfortable they should be sellers either. Um, That is a wacky Pacific division. I don't know if I could trust Arizona. So I really can't fault San Jose if they kind of stick with what they're doing and see if they maybe can't sneak into the playoffs. Should be interesting. Tim, I've seen enough from this small but impressive body of work to say this confidently. Fox should wear the C for the New York Rangers. If not next season, then in 22-23. Smart, composed, and consistent, not to mention a native New Yorker, yes or no. I'm starting to say yes. I've been a big Kreider guy, but Kreider's a little bit too inconsistent. Maybe maybe next year might be too soon because Fox is still young, but uh, this is the way I look at it from a media standpoint. Who talks? Who holds themselves accountable after games? Win, loss, Fox speaks after the game. He's always on the Zoom, always has articulate things to say. That goes a long way for me, you know, because I do think he plays with confidence. Is he a little young? But really, right now, I know Panarin's great. I know Zabanajad is great. But when you consider the position that he plays, how consistent he's been, how young he's been, tell me that he isn't. I think pound for pound, the best player on this team. And that is going to be a check in the category of captain. Maybe a little bit too young. I like what you're saying. Maybe in 22, 23. But I'm starting to think that maybe he should be there. Tommy P says, Austin Matthews gets a lot of the credit for supplying offense for the Leafs, and rightly so. But I think Mitch Marner deserves as much credit. I can see him winning a Art Russ uh, Ross in the next few years. Yeah, he's, you know, you talk so much about Tavares and Matthews but you're right Mitch Marner is a guy and they've locked him up for this reason that is right in the thick of everything and he is probably a little bit less streaky sometimes than the other guys so I'm a big fan of him as well uh, Mega Red says it's pretty obvious Shesterkin who my wife refers to as Save Shesterkin has taken his rightful place as starter but should the Rangers go with Georgiev or Kincaid as the backup here's the thing to me, Kincaid is your quintessential backup. I mean, Shesterkin's young, and I know this league doesn't like playing guys 65, 70 times. You like to play 60 games for your starter, give your backup, you know, 20, 22 games. And to me, that's Kincaid. Georgiev is somebody that I think, if given the right situation, could be a starting goaltender in this league. And with goaltending at a premium, I just wonder if it would make more sense to trade Georgiev, have Kincaid be your backup, and let Igor Shosturkin be your your money guy. Now, the problem with that is Igor has been a little injury prone, and do you want to do you want to have him, you know, Kincaid playing a bulk of games because Shosturkin gets hurt? So I probably wait, and it's a tough decision to make. I think Shosturkin's better than Georgiev. Georgiev leaves up way too many rebounds for my liking, but. I think Georgiev is long for be, to be a starter, and as long as Shesterkin is here, that's not going to happen. Kincaid looks to me like the perfect backup. It, it'll be interesting um, what they decide to do. Uh, Ryan says, did you see the Rangers making moves on Monday? Maybe Georgiev uh, going somewhere. Well, that's what we were just talking about. Um, I don't know if it'll happen at the deadline, 
maybe, uh, but that could actually be a move that if it does happen, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened uh, during the offseason. Yankee and Penguin says, hey, Don, do you think Barry Trotz is the best coach in New York sports right now? Sure. You know, not enough of a sample for Rojas. Boone's got his team ready to go. But, you know, they don't do as much work in baseball as the other sports. Um, You know, uh, you look at Judge has been here just the one year. Um, The Jets just got their new head coach. Um, I uh, Thibodeau would have to be up there, but doesn't have the body of work that that, that Trotz has, and, and certainly you're not uh, going to bring uh, right now Nash into the conversation, who's in his first year as a head coach ever. Um, you know, I, I I I like Lindy Ruff as a coach, and I and I like David Quinn as a coach, but they don't have the the hardware. Uh, even that, uh, that that Trotz has because of the fact he's won a Stanley Cup. Now, you know, obviously, Lindy Ruff went to a Stanley Cup final and is historically good in Buffalo. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a no-brainer. I think Barry is the best there is. And I and I think you can make the case Lou is the best executive for sure. Uh, Robert Thee says, which was the better Jeff Gordon trade, Spooner for Strom or two second-rounders for Adam Fox? <laughs> well, Strom has been terrific. And Spooner was just a spare piece in, a, in another trade. But, you know, Fox is going to be a forever guy. And that's why you have to consider uh, Adam Fox and the acquisition there for a couple of second-round picks is going to be the greatest move uh, that this organization possibly has ever made. I think Fox is really at that level. All right, this was a lot of fun. we got a big weekend. I'm going to be on the call tonight for Rangers and the Islanders. That game can be heard on 10.50 a.m. if you're listening locally. And I'll also be on the call Sunday night as well for these back-to-back games at the Coliseum for the Rangers. So it'll be a busy weekend. Don't forget, trading deadline is coming up at 3 o'clock on Monday. So let's not have a podcast on Monday. We usually do this because, let's face it, uh, with the trade deadline being at 3 o'clock, a lot of what we do earlier is going to get blown up by the time you listen to the podcast, right? So let's uh, let's let, let EJ do his work on the NHL Network, and let's come back on Tuesday and evaluate all the trades, because I think it might be kind of busy on Monday with the trade deadline. So. So let's do that. We'll be back with you again on Tuesday. Hopefully, we'll have EJ to break it all down for you. So thanks for listening this week. A lot of fun. Kill me on the top five if you want. Want to get in touch with me during the weekend at Don LaGreca. Hashtag Game Misconduct is the way to do it. Back with you again on Tuesday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.